Welcome to Kingdom.Think. We are um, reading Esther 9 and 10. It's the last two chapters of Esther and 1 Peter 2. I'm going to jump right into it because I, I'm looking, I'm reading 1 Peter 2 and I want to summarize it. And then I go, okay, but I'll read this section and that section. So let me just pull out some pieces and um, I'll start from the beginning actually and see how far I get. Therefore, rid yourselves... <laughs> Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that, the Lord is good. That alone could be like someone could talk about that forever because right? You're supposed to mature in spiritual, your spirituality. You're, yes, you get saved, but you're supposed to grow um, in your spirit. And that's what we're doing here. And I, okay, so much, so good, so good. Okay. Um, then this is the next part where they're talking about the stone, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. I never really understood what that meant. I know it's part of this children's song, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> still playing with it. Oh, I know. When a building was constructed, the cornerstone was the first stone set down as the foundation was being laid. Thus, it determined the location of every other stone put down regarding the church as God's temple. Everything is built on Christ, supported by Christ and directed by Christ Oh, that's what it means. So the cornerstone is the first stone that is put down in every other stone. Well, I bet Masons know this. I don't. I didn't know this. A stone that caused people to stumble. Okay, so we're talking about that stone. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. They're talking about Jesus. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Oh, that's good. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. <laughs> okay, now that I know what a cornerstone is, this totally makes sense. So Jesus is the cornerstone, the ones that they rejected. Wow. Okay, a stone that caused people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. Okay, here's another good part. But you are a chosen people. Okay, this is the identity part. This is why we read, this is the whole intention of this podcast, is to know who we are, our identity. <clears throat> but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once where you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. Get it? 
And that's not just the Jews. So yes, the Jews were the chosen people for sure. And they've suffered a lot of persecution. They've, oh my goodness, as we know in the Old Testament. But once Jesus came onto the scene and the Jews and the Gentiles both were able to receive Jesus into their heart after he was died on the cross for their sins, then they became a people, God's chosen people, a nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions, that they may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Dear friends, moving right along. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to ab- abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So all the sin- sins of the world are waging war against your soul. So what would the enemy use? These things that cause you to sin, temptations, distractions, simple, subtle things that are waging war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So do good even amongst the pagans. <laughs> Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. So now he's talking about whether to the emperor, the Supreme, okay, to the governors, to submit to authority. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should si- silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show your proper respect to everyone. Love the family of the believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So you, of course you're asking, well, what if the leaders are bad? What if the emperor is bad? To the, to, to the best that you can without rejecting God's laws is how you obey your governor or your leaders. Hope that makes sense. But God's law is primary law because you're in God's kingdom. And yeah, 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 it's so good. Because we are part of God's kingdom. We are his people. We are a nation. We follow God's law. But within that, our officials, our leaders, we are to follow even man's laws to the degree that we don't dishonor God's law live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Oh, snap. That's good. Moving down. um, But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Okay. He also talks about slaves and some could question, well, why didn't Peter condemn slavery? That's what the culture was at the time. That's how customs were. Um, And how they interpreted slavery back then. I mean, it was definitely slavery, but um, what it meant in that culture is different than what it means now, possibly, is what I think. (laughs) Okay, Um, and then the very last verse, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. What? Yep, you were like sheep wandering around, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. That's good stuff. At the very end of Esther, we know that Mordecai has 
all these great responsibilities and he's got this big role. So basically, all the people that were against the Jews, the enemies, he has them killed. I don't know. Partly you think, well, that's not nice either. But they didn't take their plunder, so they didn't take their goods. They, they just got rid of the evil people. Okay. And then chapter 9, keep set up some celebration days of rest. Um, and it just goes into detail of the people that he got rid of that were against that were absolutely against the the Jews. Also, Mordecai put up another decree that if you need to defend yourself as a Jew, defend yourself against these enemy, go ahead, defend yourself. And the very last chapter, um, King Xerxes is just Let's see. Tri- okay, he imposed a tribute throughout the empire to a distant shores in all his acts of power and might, together with the full account of the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king had promoted, are now written in the book of the annals of the king. So basically, Mordecai became just a great supporter for the Jews. He did great things for the Jewish people, and the Jewish people were safe and well taken care of. Wow. Amazing amazing. That's the end. That was chapter 9 and 10 of Esther and 1 Peter 2. Have a great day.